You're listening to Once, episode 301, The Final Battle. Welcome back to another episode of Once, the unofficial podcast for ABC's TV show, Once Upon a Time. I'm Daniel J. Lewis. I'm Jeremy Laughlin. And I'm Heather Ordover. And, boy, it's the final <laughs> battle. It's the final episode of Once Upon a Time, except for the spinoff. <laughs> oh, you're going to go with that again, huh? <laughs> Seriously, that's the way I feel we have yes. to go with it, especially with this latest news that came out just recently, that they are moving Once Upon a Time from Sunday nights to Friday nights. So it really feels like it's a completely different show. Now, one of the reasons that they're putting it together is because they want Once Upon a Time and the Marvels shows to be together on the same night, which is kind of cool because, hey, did you know we have a podcast about the Marvel Cinematic and TV universe? It's called Welcome to Level 7 at welcometolevel7.com. It's our podcast over there hosted by Ben, Daniel, and some others talking about it. So you might hear us cross-promoting each other a lot more going into the next year, but definitely check them out. And it would be very easy for you then to watch the Marvel shows right after or right before, however that schedule works out for you with Once Upon a Time because of some schedule changes we're going to make with the podcast, too. I'll tell you more about that a little bit later. But now, having watched the finale a couple times, what are your thoughts on this, Heather? I thought it was as good as it could possibly be. (laughs) Really? I couldn't... Yeah, I couldn't think of anything else. I Honestly, I went into it with a great deal of trepidation because I was so concerned that they would have gone in and tinkered with things in a way that didn't feel satisfying. And instead, uh, I watched it with my sons and all of us felt very satisfied. We also felt like there was a good chance that the book endings to the episode may have been tagged on very late in the game. But that's that's fine too. That was ABC's decision and I get it. Um, but I thought if you just look at it as our charming group, they they did a great job. I was very, very pleased. Yeah, I agree with you. The few minutes that we got of the preview for season seven or of the spinoff. I'm just going to keep mm-hmm. calling it a spinoff. I know it's season yeah. seven, but think of it as a spinoff. Call it book two. Yeah, book two, whatever. The continuing story, <laughs> the next generation, the continuing yeah. saga, deep space storybook or whatever. I don't know. TNG. Yeah. Jeremy, rewatching this episode now, what do you think overall? Well, well, I was right in my initial reaction as we talked and I said, maybe we shouldn't do a full discussion. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> it was it was good, especially the last few minutes were satisfying. I liked the way that it ended. Mm-hmm. And we can talk about casting news at this point for sure, right? We'll still save that for oh, later in our fine. discussion. All right, well... Just in case you are still unaware and want to stay unaware, we'll save casting news for at the end. I do want to hear as we go along, though, what, uh, Jeremy, especially you, what you would have preferred to see happen. Sure. Yeah. And people can probably make their own guesses based on what they saw in this episode. You wanted more squidding. I did. No. Okay. You know what? (laughs) And this is funny. More cowbell. 
I would have loved, frankly, as we went through the story overall, as it was presented, to hear more of those weird little buzzwords that they use and mm-hmm. and bring out more of the magical, um, not MacGuffins, but like the the things that they've brought up before, the things that they've used, because this whole story, there were things that happened that they didn't even try to explain. They didn't even make an attempt. So to me, though I loved where the where it ended up and where they took the characters themselves, mm-hmm. and I loved the character development itself, the mm-hmm. vehicle for it is just really rickety for me. So any nitpicking I do, that's where it, it's going to come from. It was really enjoyable to watch. It was exciting. It was fun, despite doing exactly what I said they were going to do all season. Ever since we heard the words final battle, I said it wasn't going to be what we all thought. And of course it wasn't. But it still was compelling. But I don't, I would have liked to hear some things like tethering and cleaving and things (laughs) that would have referenced previously stated terms to at least give some semblance of because why. Well, and to reward people who've been paying attention the whole time, mm-hmm. too. I mean, that's that would be a nice a nice thing. I understand where that where you're coming from with they that. They did try with sense. snuff out the light. Yeah, we got that. But they but they also didn't really mine the depths of what they were even talking about or how they came to those conclusions. So we'll get to some of those details, but um, <laughs> but just know that overall, even if I sound like a grumpy pants, it was great, and I'm. Very thankful that they didn't do something absolutely horrible. Yeah. Our discussion for this finale is going to be a bit different because, for one thing, a two-hour-long episode, there's no way we could go through in-depth scene by scene. But also being a finale, it wraps up more and answers more questions than it raises. So we're going to go through this discussion then more topically based, and this is going to get you a little bit acclimated to perhaps the format we may be following more like this in our upcoming format change for the podcast. But I'll tell you more about that a little bit later. But I wanted to, I want to start the discussion with these other realms that we saw in this. So this curse that came affected the other realms with a delayed effect. It, you have to wonder what was it really Emma's not believing or is Emma like the trigger that, the Black Fairy set it up so all the realms would be destroyed, and Emma's disbelief is what then started triggering that. That's what I'm thinking, and it's not like all the realms for all of these generations have been hanging in the balance until right. a savior disbelieved, and then that would destroy everything, literally. Yes, and that's where it starts to get to where I would have liked to hear a little more magical, technical mumbo-jumbo, because if you stop the motion of the story for a moment and start to think about it, the question is, says who? What do we base all these these connections? Like this action causes this result, but why? Nothing's ever, ever been established that made this story work in any way. And they didn't even try in this episode to make it make sense. It just, because we said so. Somebody, an author with a magical pen, wrote one sentence on a page and a thing happened. That, see, like, the biggest example probably is when the stakes jump up even higher later with changing the rules of magic. Yeah. Because Fiona said so? 
Like that, <laughs> where did all yeah. this come from? There's no foundation to it. So, yeah, I I like that idea. If it was whether it was supposed to be implied or not, that the curse affected everything, and that's where they could have tethered somehow mm-hmm. <laughs> this the curse's effects. Like maybe the curse could have just wiped everything out, but she specifically wanted it to. Or maybe somehow it, that effect, the power to do that would come from the curse somehow tethering to Emma's belief. You know, it would have been silly, but at least it would have been a reason. Yeah, And again, stuff can end up on the editing floor that maybe gives exactly, us certain points. And in fact, yeah. stuff had to be edited out Yeah, because they needed to make room for the spinoff mm-hmm. uh, teaser. So they had to remove stuff because I really still believe that Kitsison Horowitz wrote this to be the series finale, mm-hmm. yep. but they had some other ideas up their sleeve. So when ABC said, hey, how about we go ahead and do a spinoff, otherwise known as season seven, and uh, you've got other stories, right? And so they wrapped up this story completely mm-hmm. for the most part and moved on. Um, and it's something that... For the past several seasons, the two-hour finale has been kind of its own self-contained movie, almost. Its own storyline, standalone. Right. We've had the Back to the Future thing. We've had the the other things. And what's funny about this two-part finale is, plot-wise, it's a continuation of the rest of the season. But actual contents, it's still very much a standalone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There was even a hint that there are unsupervised episodes like I've theorized in the past. Did you catch, oh, despite what Rumpel thinks, I've still got your heart, Gideon. So was somebody not supposed to write that they got his heart back because she needed to still have it in the finale and so they had to just correct it? I am so glad to hear you say that. I thought I was losing my mind. Because oh, I feel better. Giving, having him take a fake copy of her heart is one thing. All he had to do was show it to people. Whatever she gave him, if we're to assume that she deceived Rumpel, he shoved into Gideon's chest. Like, okay, did it disappear? Was it just... What was it? (laughs) Bad things happen when you put the wrong heart in a person. We've seen that too, oddly enough. Bad things. Bad things. Well, I think the easy reconciliation with this is that, yes, Gideon did get his heart back, but... When the dark curse came, then the Black Fairy went and took it back again. Mm. Or something. She had some opportunity to remove it. I mean, that'd be fine. Or it was part of the curse. I'll buy that. Well, I'm not so sure about being part of the curse. Because then why not just take everybody's heart? Yeah. In fact, why didn't Regina do that? Good point. Hey. That's even better. (laughs) It's a way way more gooder curse. (laughs) I like that we got to see the hat again, Jefferson's hat. And, you know, it makes total sense that he had more than one hat. I'm okay with that. He's the hatter. Why can't he have other hats that do the same kinds of things? Because get it to work. Yeah. (laughs) At first, I was really annoyed with that until I reflected on how awesome Selena's line delivery was. He was a hatter. (laughs) He had more than one. (laughs) She was she was marvelously snarky, as always. The as things always. that bother me about the hat, though, mm-hmm. two things. One, the hat's rule is the same number in, the same number out. That was 
something we first saw in season one, and it was reinforced later. I always still thought that it only applied to Wonderland. But Jefferson said it's the hats rule. Maybe it's the hats rule about Wonderland. Okay, that could maybe be. (laughs) The other problem I had with the hat is that they said it wouldn't take them back to Storybrooke because it only goes to lands with magic. Mm -hmm. Our land has magic. Yeah. It does now. Ever since season two, our land has had magic. Mm -hmm. And even though the Olympian crystal sucked out all magic from the entire world, a simple wish or a simple coin... thrown into water with a bunch of wishes times 100 in New York City Mm -hmm. because that's where all magic happens apparently that brought magic back into our world and that brought not magic only to Storybrooke so if nothing else the hat should have been able to reconnect them with simply Storybrooke but it brought magic back to all of our world so Mm -hmm. our world is now a land with magic it's not natively magical but it does have magic, and that should have made the hat work. Yeah, except, you know, there's just no door there, so maybe that's the reason. Ah, yes. No one built a door for it. The hat, the hatter didn't make this hat when our land had magic, so but maybe that's know, why it's not connected. Zelina's been able to go from using twisters to just, like, making doors with her wand, so I don't know why she couldn't do it or why she needed the hat at all. And didn't she bring everybody back? She did, yeah. She brought people back from Oz. That's true. Through the hat. Did she use the hat? Yes. That's how she had the hat in the first place. Is she said that that's how they escaped from that's Oz. Right. No, I thought Regina just poofed people back. Well, that was when, yeah, other people, when they were going through and rescuing people from different realms, they were all there <laughs> inside the hat. Were they doing that? Appar- yes. Oh, they were. I was like, Wow. Somehow a small handful of resourceful people in every realm managed to get their hands on a hat, and they all met in the hat room. That's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) And Man, I mean, can you imagine if out of all the realms that was the entire surviving population? That's the impression that they gave us. And they lost people along the way. Like, by the time it was down to just the small circle of people— It was even fewer than wearing the hat. I don't know where the other people went. I guess they didn't round them up very well. Mm. They had already been swallowed by the nothing, as a lot of people were calling it. It was the nothing. I kept thinking (laughs) they needed a mattress to hide under, like in a bathtub. If if this giant storm is coming at you, oh, I aren't you supposed to do that? I mean, yeah, for storms that aren't dissolving everything into nothingness, or hide in a refrigerator like Indiana Jones, like Indiana Jones. I think if I don't know. a big cloud was coming to dissolve existence, it would be cool to just, like, jump off the balcony and fly for a moment before it reached you instead of cowering in the middle of a room that's going to get torn apart anyway. Yeah, you can Although, do that. Although that logic was flawed, considering that's where they survive. Yeah. <laughs> you, you go ahead and jump. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just stay there with Daniel and we'll, we'll have a drink in your honor later. <laughs> it's okay. I'll be back. That's true. Season seven. Just like Rhonda. <laughs> yeah. So Rhonda was returned and everything was returned. So Even uh, the stinking book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But more people who supposedly were erased, <laughs> even though Arnold Schwarzenegger wasn't there to do the erasing, people were wiped out, <laughs> destroyed, whatever, swallowed up into the nothingness, and then they were returned. Well, if you take a technological view of curses, so... 
up until you hit save, which would have been Emma's final loss of belief, there's an undo or a revert command. And so I guess the fact that she changed her mind and she did believe. Oh, yes. Rose says it's not a stinking book. I didn't mean to malign the book. I just thought that it was a very poignant moment when they burned the book in the last yes. episode of the story from the book and they brought it back. And I was, I just thought a lot of the stakes were removed by the end well, of the, the story. Never we had just story. But I guess it was all part of the big revert before Emma hit save on her belief that she had been crazy. Yeah. What else did you think about uh, the other realms? The hat room that had all the doors to it. I didn't remember that from before, but that's going back years. And it just reminded me so much of The Nightmare Before Christmas. It wasn't a room in The Nightmare Before Christmas, I don't think. I think it was at the forest and each tree trunk was a door to a different holiday. Mm. And I've always really liked that that image and imagery, but I really liked the way it was done in this episode where you had the card deck symbols, the heart, the diamond, the, the spade. Um, but then there was other symbol symbology that was going by and it went by so fast but it was beautifully done i thought yeah we'd seen the hat back in season one saw it again in season two and we'd often theorized about those other realms in fact kitsis and horowitz had said way back then they said pay careful attention to some of those other realms because we may go there someday and we've seen seen how many how many realms now oz neverland well neverland didn't have a door that we knew of in the hat, but they showed us Neverland yeah, in they did. this finale, which it was really cool to see the lands rebuilt, see peace again to the lands. So Agrabah, mm-hmm. Neverland, um, uh, Wonderland, Arendelle, Arendelle uh, Storybrooke. We didn't actually, see, yeah, we did see the Enchanted Forest because that's where everyone was. Mm-hmm. Uh, so six different mm-hmm. realms plus Storybrooke. Uh, they fun. did have to avoid showing any actual people in most of those realms yeah, for fear of... Timeline contamination or implied story <laughs> that they didn't mean to imply <laughs> or because, you know, nobody's left. But <laughs> the um, all that stuff in the other realms was like a mixed bag for me because especially rewatching, I felt like there was a lot of, you know, just sort of hurried, maybe we'll call it hurried writing or something like that. I felt like starting to refer to them as the realms of story fell a little flat. Suddenly everybody dancing around in the hat, watching the realms of story disappear and all dressed in their costumes. They felt like pop-up characters in a kid's book instead of the real people that they've become over the seasons. Hmm. They've never referred to them as realms of story before that I can think of. And it just made it all feel a lot less real. Like, Oh, Emma doesn't believe in the storybook anymore. All of us are going to fade away. We're not going to be real boys anymore or something. I don't know. That, <laughs> so that felt weird. I thought that some of the stuff like how they split up Hook and Charming from the others with Regina and Hook's little weird disagreement, I thought that was very odd. Some of the dialogue with Regina was sort of strange. I mean, we got some good moments out of that, too. All of it led to good moments, so it was kind of whatever. But mm-hmm. so that so that, all of that fell a little flat to me, not being sure what they were trying to say. Were there giants where there shouldn't have been? Was that retcon? Were they trying to say something about dragons? 
being there instead? Or maybe a specific person dragon? I, that was all very, just very confusing to me. I didn't understand what was happening at all. I don't know why there was a dragon at the top of the beanstalk. That just seemed pointless to me, especially on rewatching, because I thought it was going somewhere, and it never did. Yeah. So... A gratuitous Game of Thrones reference to try and get new viewers in the last episode. <laughs> well, <laughs> Look, it's Daenerys Targaryen. <laughs> so I'm wondering, I mean, a little bit of that could have been some sort of setup for next year, honestly. Because it's not going to be a complete disconnect in certain ways. But the things that I loved, I mean, we got all the, the son-in-law stuff at the <laughs> Hello, mommy. <laughs> and we got a, one last charming and hook adventure. We got to review the beanstalk stuff and how far Hook and Emma have come since then. A lot of really good stuff came out of that. And I thought the highlight of it almost for me was seeing the charmings and Regina, but Regina Mm. dressed as evil queen, standing where they got married, but now they're friends and even family. Mm -hmm. You know, the only season that wasn't referenced that I can think of in this episode or the two-part episode. Season five, Dark Swan, Underworld, Mm -hmm. and Arthur, Camelot. None of that was referenced. Right. They could have shown Mm -hmm. us Camelot as one of the cities that were rebuilt and realms that were returned because they showed us Arendelle and they (laughs) referenced Arendelle. Yeah, except Camelot was a fake city that mm, disappeared. No, it was apparently still there. It was part of the Enchanted Forest, though, right? Right. Yeah. But so is (laughs) Arendelle, kind of. Well, Arendelle is nearby the Enchanted Forest. What did they still had snow on their shoulders mean? That Was the snow back because upheaval was... um... (laughs) Who was it who still had the snow on their shoulders? Somebody they saw from Arendelle. Yeah, I think it was kind of to communicate that they had run out so quickly that they still had snow on their shoulders. But yeah, it's not really one of those lines that makes sense. You don't have to run quickly to still have snow on your shoulders. You could walk very slowly from one (laughs) realm to the other and potentially have snow on your shoulders, unless you have to go through Agrabah first. I couldn't decide if it was because they were moving quickly or the fact that there was snow, because it really probably shouldn't be snowy all the time in Arendelle anymore. That's true. Unless it's just Elsa there giving yeah. everyone a Christmas in July. I mean, if the whole place was shaking and dissolving, <laughs> Elsa might have lost control just a little bit. But apparently Ooh. she didn't make it out. So I'm glad everything came back. <laughs> uh, I, also, I also like that Hook, when he was running across the table, stopped to smell the cork. <laughs> oh, is that what it was? Yeah. That's what it was, because he said, hmm, Merlot. I heard him say that, and I was like... On cheese? What was that? (laughs) And never underestimate the power of a really good pointy cheese knife. You have no idea how good a tool it is to have one of those around. You never know. That's hilarious. (laughs) It cracked me up. It was neat to see Rhonda working to save everyone. And it reminded me a lot of the mid-season finale of season three, when it was one of those moments that could have been a series finale, but we all knew it was only a mid-season finale. That was when Pan's curse was coming, striking Storybrooke. Yeah. And Emma and Henry left Storybrooke. Everyone else stayed there. But Regina then used some magic to change the curse. So there she stood at the town line using her magic against the curse, not to hold it back, but to change it as it was coming 
so that it wouldn't be as bad as Pan had intended it to be. And here Rhonda is kind of doing some similar thing, although she's trying to hold it back. But it didn't really seem like she did that much good. No, I was... It would have been cool if it had been more obvious that she actually saved them. You know, so there again, it's like, it didn't look like she did anything, but it was awesome watching her try. Yeah. And then, honestly, as traumatic as it would have been to see them all enveloped and disappear, they'd have been back. So, at least presumably, she came back. Yeah. (laughs) Well, she did. We saw her proof back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. It wouldn't have affected them differently than it did her. True. Did you guys notice the really smart costuming that they did between Evil Queen and Regina? Yeah, Rhonda had a bit more red feathers mm-hmm. on her outfit than Evil Queen, right? That's the yep. primary difference. Yeah, and Evil Queen was all burgundy burgundy accents on the black. Honestly. And she had she also had that headdress thing going, the forehead dress. As soon as Rhonda showed up, I thought... Oh, great. Regina's going to die. And we're going to go forward with the other Regina. But no. 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 I thought that that was a really nice way to let the evil queen uh, get her happy ending all the way along. She stepped up. She did the right thing. She got to be her own kind of savior person. The sub-savior. We have all these sub-saviors. They're called heroes. (laughs) (laughs) and you know what that makes me think of daniel what's that heroes i was waiting for you to do it oh 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 segway speaking of segways how about i segue to our heroes (laughs) (laughs) i thought you meant the tv show heroes i'm like where are we going which was also good (laughs) i'm not letting you take my segways to thank our heroes That's my job and my job only. <laughs> He's as defensive as Regina was about all her magical paraphernalia. Get off my show, woman. This is my time. Are you the one who's been squatting on his segways? I do the segways. <laughs> I have to Photoshop myself onto a segway now and just send it to you. But yes, speaking of our heroes, this episode would not be possible without our wonderful heroes supporting the podcast episode after episode. And your support is going to still be very important coming into the summer months when we won't be podcasting as much, but the expenses for running the website and everything will still be there. We'll be purchasing the next season of Once Upon a Time as soon as it's available. We'll also get the Blu-rays and DVDs and that kind of thing to be able to do some reviews and unboxing and all of that stuff. And your support helps make that possible. So think about what the podcast is worth to you. Is it worth a dollar per month? Is it worth $5? Is it worth $10? And that's what I suggest you give us with your support over at oncepodcast.com slash hero. So for this episode... I am happy to thank Lisa Slack and Lisa R and our 29 patrons on Patreon. Now, if you want to become a hero and contribute what you feel the podcast is worth to you, whatever that amount is, then please go to oncepodcast.com slash hero and check out your options over there, especially coming up as season six will be available for purchase. And uh, maybe you haven't purchased the soundtrack yet or you want to get your own T-shirt, which I was wearing my Oncer T-shirt at the finale party and I thought it looked really cool. And it was a lot of fun because it 
the word oncer is on it. And in tiny words, making up those letters, it has different character names on it. So several people were looking at my chest to try and see what all names they could see on the shirt. But there are options like that. You can purchase the season using our affiliate link, and that's helps support the podcast and more. That's all over at oncepodcast.com slash hero. And thank you for your support. Back to the heroes in Once Upon a Time, it was really neat to once again see the nice kissing montage between Snow and Charming. But, yes, <laughs> nice kissing montage. It was. It was. A bit recycled, though. It was, but I thought it was a pretty moving moment. Yeah. As long yeah. as I have to ignore all the little continuity fairies swirling about saying, how could true love's kiss cure him of a fatal head injury? Yeah. It's not a curse. Yeah. And how did Hook survive unscathed right. and not require any kissing from anyone after falling what was to any eye, naked or clothed, because clo- eyes can be clothed apparently as an implication of the term. Yes. Yes, the, he fell forever. He would be dead. He would be not even possibly a solid. No, it's because he's an Irish tenor. Okay. So he just <laughs> he sang himself from an Absolutely. Impact. The mm. power of song. It's possible that somewhere below the cloud Below layer, the cloud. I was just going to say, oh, maybe it's, it was, maybe something happened after we lost him through the clouds he fell through. He pulled a Luke Skywalker and was able to fall from the heavens down to earth without being hurt. As long as he landed in snow or maybe a tauntaun or something like that. But it could also be that maybe like as he got closer, that somehow he started hitting a slant of the vine that uh, didn't rip off limbs and arms and stuff. It it somehow just smoothed him down as he would then slid down. But then, well, yeah, more likely between the two of them, Charming was more likely to survive. Yes. Depending on his grip. And depending on which side the the beanstalk fell on. Yes. I figured that was one of the clips that they lost due to time. I feel like they maybe originally were going to have Charming fall off completely and Hook go down with the beanstalk. But then they realized that they really wanted the beanstalk that fell on me line and they switched it. And, and you know, something <laughs> that actually surprises me, and maybe Which, this is worth it. <laughs> maybe totally. this is why they had Hook be the one who fell to his not death is and get covered in little branches. interesting thing. Um, shortly or during the filming of the song in your heart, the musical episode, Hook actually uh, injured his foot again. I mean, this is the guy that broke his leg before back in season two. Um, But he injured his foot, his left foot. And there's a mistake that if you go back and watch when David and Hook are at the bottom of the beanstalk, Mm -hmm. looking up, Mm -hmm. getting ready to climb it, there's a wide shot where you can actually see this big boot on Hook's left foot. I've seen that. Yeah. (laughs) So maybe the fall was to try and account for a potential limp. But there was no limp. Yeah, there wasn't a limp during the rest of the episode. And in fact, there wasn't a boot during the rest of the episode. He needs to be careful. I don't know what Seriously. he does to his legs, but he needs to be careful. You don't want to end up with a hook for a foot, dude. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't work so well down there. <laughs> like if he 
if he somehow, if Colin O'Donoghue actually somehow lost a hand and had to go around with a hook, of all the people in all the realms, he'd be the one that would probably be fine. Because everybody would be like, he actually has a hook for a hand. But not the foot. The foot's not going to work. The foot's not going to work so well. It'd have to be a spike at best, and that could just make for some unfortunate accidents with your friend's pets. It's also the pirate thing, though. He could have a peg leg. Although, I was kind of glad to see that he didn't grab out or reach out for David with his hook hand (laughs) when he was starting to fall. I I actually gasped. (laughs) He just puts a hook into David's leg and is like... Um, I thought he'd actually jam it into a vine, and then I gasped when I saw David reaching and thought, oh, no, no. (laughs) But it all went by so quickly. I want to talk about Rumbell and uh, throw in a little bit of Gideon into this. Because I know (laughs) some of the fans have really hated on the series for what it's done to Rumbell. And certainly the relationship with Rumpel and Bell has been really stressed and tried and destroyed and put back together and much like his character yeah <laughs> so i know that some rumbellers liked how things turned out in that there was a happy ending for them after all they get to be together they get to have gideon again but one of the things i was really interested in and maybe this was something that was cut for time in this dark curse what was bell afraid of Why did she think she was safe inside her house? And why did she think she would have to be forced to leave? I felt that she was, it was super subtle in a way I almost liked. She had nearly uniform overstock of canned goods and Mm -hmm. other things as if she was sort of like agoraphobic. Mm -hmm. Or maybe there's a different sort of actual phobia with which... One can be diagnosed, and yeah. she was literally afraid to leave her house. She yeah, didn't instead want to of ever have I want leave. adventure in the great wide somewhere, she was <laughs> Ooh, trapped good. in her. Right, uh, I was thinking uh, on a more practical level. It's the inverse of her nature. You're right. Yeah, yeah, because he well he says something about it being her. This isn't who you really are. Yeah, I think was the line. Yeah, and, and I was just thinking, think. oh, that's a great way to keep her from trying to escape. Mm-hmm. You don't have to lock her up anywhere. <laughs> she can just mm-hmm. be there and she won't want to leave. That's the perfect yeah, prison. Lock herself but up. It is. It's even more ironic for her. I hadn't thought about it. Yeah. Huh. The outside world is the quarantine zone. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> I like that image. Yeah. So and it was it was just brief that she was in that state, but I thought it was clever. Yeah. Yeah. As far as their outcome goes i thought it was really good because it was earned Hmm. it wasn't just accept me as i am evil and wanting everything he made it he finally made the right choice the only problem in thinking about it now is that part of the way it was explained was good and evil made the right choice so what he's still just evil i don't like that well and the the right choice part could be more than what Gideon did necessarily it, as well. Like I think watching the show, that's what I'm, I tend to think on the surface level is that it was Gideon and Emma both made the right choice. But Oh, I don't think it was referencing Gideon at all. He had no choice. Okay. Yeah, that's true. And he wasn't evil. It, when you look at when Rumpel killed the Black Fairy. Mm-hmm. That was... When, let me put this a different way. 
when Rumpel killed his mother. Happy Mother's Day, by the yes. way. <laughs> this episode was actually really hilarious to be on Mother's Day because in the chat room, several. there were so many things that like Jeremy yeah. and I would quote from it and then add hashtag Happy Mother's Day. To the, like when the Black Fairy brings the burned storybook to Henry. Oh, my god! You know, opens it up and it's like, look, here's the representation of your hope and dreams. Happy that, Mother's yeah, Day. That was honestly, yeah. that was one of my favorite moments in the entire episode. <laughs> The, the, there, it was so unnecessarily clever and hilarious. She just, well, the Blackberry, every single <laughs> word out of her mouth when she was Madam Mayor was, you're the one who caused getting all the pain by not being the man Belle needed you to be. <laughs> it was all just, let me stick the knife in and twist and twist and aren't I a good mother? Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. She was just, she Wish was me happy Mother's Day. Great. She was great. She was great. Her expressions. Yes, her smile. Yeah, Jamie Murray does a great job. Or Even, did a great she, job. she is great. Even communicating little things like just a slight bit of not being sure what was going to happen when Emma touched the book. And, but oh my goodness, the ashes on the plate in the hospital. What in the world? That was amazing. So back to <laughs> yeah. when. Uh, Gold wished her Happy Mother's Day by killing her. <laughs> that moment wasn't right when the curse was broken. It wasn't, but I think it was... It was when Gold threw down or dropped her wand. And as someone sent some mm. feedback, I think... I, don't, I can't find the feedback here in front of me. But I think it might have been Meredith that pointed this out. But it was at that moment that it's, it's his decision to not take power over the darkness. All right, let me say that. Hold on. Let me let me just find this. Uh don't have it in my notes. Oh, that's good. It was that moment that he chose to not take power, to take love and his family over the power and over the darkness. And perhaps that is what broke the curse. So he did end up getting to be a savior to a savior. this dark curse. Mm-hmm. that's very cool although he like was that. one savior the curse took kind of two saviors because he broke the memory aspect of the curse when he threw down that wand and emma broke the the realm destroying aspect of the curse when she chose to believe and she sacrificed herself hmm. interesting i kind of like that take on it because it seemed selfish and almost almost spiteful the way he killed her. True. Mm-hmm. Because he didn't care. There was a good chance, she said, that... But, but I guess I couldn't say that it's selfish because he said all he cares about is Gideon and Belle. And really, it was Gideon who was potentially going to suffer if she was right. He just... I don't know. It was an odd moment, but also really chilling the way he mm-hmm. ended her... <laughs> I also thought it was interesting that his line when Henry came and Henry, by the way, brilliant move, faking gold out when he starts to go into the back room, calls gold on it, takes a step back like he's going to give up and then just jets through the curtain into the back room. And I thought, oh, nice, nice move, Henry. We haven't seen anything like that from you in a while. Mm -hmm. But then when gold said, I can't help you. All I care about is Belle. I kept thinking, well, but that's, 
that isn't what Bell would want to hear you say. I mean, it's great and all that you care about your yeah. nuclear family, but that's not Bell's mo. I but he, like, but then he made it. He made it pay off in the end. So yeah, good on I him. just felt like he was still being. I mean, it's very him. I just don't mm-hmm. know if it was. I'm not sure where the point of development came. It certainly was not as pronounced as others. Mm. If if he moved, I guess we can safely say he moved forward, but only at the last minute when he made that last choice decision. Yeah, and really, that might be the decision that helped win the final battle, I would say. Mm. Except I didn't have an effect. <laughs> right. <laughs> Trying, deciding to stop Gideon instead of letting him kill Emma and apparently change magic because right. reasons. Because reasons. He, that's where he gave up power. He gave up increased power. If he thought Gideon could kill Emma, then it would have changed magic and... I mean, Fiona thought she would get the power, so I don't know why he would have thought that he would. I don't know why that was even a stipulation. I don't know where it came from, but I think that's what he was trying to give away, give up. Because, but but it didn't work, and I don't know why, and I don't know what happened. They just said something about, oh, it's the black, the black fairy spell. Well, okay. Yeah, that then made Gideon's heart stop glowing. Why did it stop glowing? Stop why did it just I turn into you. a lump? Yeah, I don't know. That's I, what was that's, that about? I'm so confused. And there then was I another... guess that's a relic now because it was still like in his hand when baby Gideon appeared. Yeah. Like this was your heart when you were an adult and trying to kill people and stuff. It's the wrong size. <laughs> right. Don't put that <laughs> back in there. Let <laughs> it hurt. For all the reasons. <laughs> yeah. The, so, yes. Very strange stuff. It was a lot of fun that we finally got to see Rumple have his own shoulder dark one like <laughs> Emma had. Oh, shoulder angel. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, it was that was fun. It was interesting. It almost would have made more sense if it had been a different one. Hmm. But that would have been complicated and perhaps confusing. But we had to see the dark one rumple at least once more. Yeah. Yeah, with feeling. With I have feeling. To throw that in. Yeah. And Gideon turning back to a baby. That was really cool. Now, keep in mind, Rumple never saw baby Gideon mm-hmm. because Blue Fairy oh, took right. uh, baby Gideon away before Rumple even got there. Right. That's right. So that's why he was like, is that our son? He didn't recognize him. But in that scene with the actual final, 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 dot, final, dot, final battle <laughs> between Emma and Gideon, when Emma is going all like starry and everything and the flashes in, are going and you see Gideon, there is like a single frame or two where Gideon disappears Mm. and like you still see him. It's not that the whiteout makes him invisible. It's the whiteout comes and then really it's literally one or a few frames. And this is 20 frames per second video where he just disappears. Mm. And Mm. uh, I thought that was a neat little touch that you really have to look closely to notice. Yeah. Well done you. (laughs) <laughs> that's very cool I'd wondered about how they had plotted that out I really liked that twist at the end that they got to go back to the beginning that Gideon got to go back to the beginning yeah undo that mess I yeah. liked it I just don't understand why it happened yeah yeah because happy beginnings <laughs> I don't understand anything that happened to Emma at that point actually okay and who paid Emma's rent that 
They oh have, my good lord! How do these people keep apartments? Because you know the apartment wasn't part of the curse. Are do you know that? Well, for sure? I don't know it, know See? it, but I would assume it. Oh, that drove me nuts. Her, especially because Fiona could not have knowledge of details like the candle on the counter and. I know. But she did know about the apartment. She mentioned it. I don't. I, I don't know how. Maybe she got inside Emma's brain. Maybe she. Maybe Emma never left. Maybe that's the thing. Maybe she didn't really leave. <laughs> and, you were there, like and you were there. And you were there. Being asleep. I don't know. I can't <laughs> see uh, the. I can't see that curse affecting our world beyond Storybrooke because right. of this barrier that seems to always exist with magic. And Emma was able to pass. So, yes, she had passed that barrier. So, yes, she still carried the effects of the curse with her. But um, the last time she was in that apartment mm-hmm. was the pilot. And that's when she blew out that little blue candle on a cupcake mm-hmm. for her birthday. So yeah. it was really neat that that little candle was still there. Yeah, not only was the rent paid, but the place was spotless. And the right? windows were redone, too. <laughs> <laughs> because in season one, I might be uh, getting this. No, it's in season one, the windows were full height. Oh. Wall or oh. ceiling to floor. Here, they're not full height windows. Mm-mm. Okay. Yeah. So someone redid the windows for her. I see. Well, that was nice of them. Those I guess. Bostonians was... are so nice to their tenants. They are. They I was thinking rooms. that's a detail the, the Black Fairy just missed. <laughs> she got that one wrong. That's hilarious. <laughs> I love that. So, as far as Rumbell goes, mm. I'm happy with a happy beginning. Mm-hmm. I would have preferred. And this probably doesn't fit into future plans. I would have preferred that somehow, since we're throwing around things like, I'm going to be able to bring people back from the dead, and I'm that, no rules of magic aren't going to apply, and they can be spoken in a sentence, and now they're true. Maybe. I did have my doubts as to whether she was telling the truth or not. But if we're just doing that, why not just tie something in where something he did, he was also giving up his power? That would have been great. yeah. yeah. Give like have him finally give up, truly give up his power, not give up more power, give up the power that he's been clinging to all this time, because that's been the thing. Mm-hmm. I would have loved that. Yeah, but it probably doesn't fit into future plans. No, <laughs> <laughs> but it would have been a beautiful way to end Once Upon a Time. Yeah. But then again, maybe if we're calling him evil, because when both good and evil did the mm-hmm. right thing, so uh, I want to yeah, think he's, he's probably, at least not evil anymore. Yeah. Um, but maybe he is now that one to be able to wield both light and dark magic. Maybe yeah. we'll see that in season seven, the spinoff. Yeah. Maybe. I don't like it. It's one of those things that <laughs> we're we're just supposed to know, okay, yay, he's finally learned to balance things. Especially and in a show where someone killing someone else in self-defense darkens their heart. I don't see how you can possibly make an argument for someone wielding dark magic for good. I think that's ridiculous, and I probably always will. Yeah. So I'll stick to it. But <laughs> Speaking of <laughs> sticking to it, we are sticking to the show with our yes, podcast. We and we'll come back to talking about this episode after I share this with you. So please stick through if you're interested in the longevity and future of our podcast. Um, I'm committed to see the show through to the end with our podcast. And in order to do that, 
we need to make some changes to the podcast. The reason for that is because life is significantly different for all of us now from almost six years ago when we first started podcasting There's about once upon a time. There's been some character development. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> like just for myself, uh, my business is now completely different. It's much bigger now than it was back in when we first started the show. Uh, I have a son now. Uh, I was married back when we started the show. I've, I'm still married today and now even more <laughs> happily married. And we have a son. We, we have a growing family. Um, Jeremy's still single. So maybe you should fix that before season seven. Jeez, I'm talking to the audience, not to you. It's okay. <laughs> I'm suggesting the audience fix that. That's right. No pressure, Jeremy. <laughs> and, and for me, even with the amount of time that the podcast takes... I've been putting maybe 12 hours of work per week into one's podcast. And that's not even including editing, show notes, stuff like that, because we hire other people to do that stuff for us. And they do fantastic jobs. But my business is in a place now that I really need the time to focus on other things. And I can't simply shift one's podcast prep to lifetime as a hobby because now I have a son at home that I want to be with a lot more often. And I've always had the wife for the last <laughs> several years to want to be with as well. But the podcast needs to change. And for us as a team as well, especially looking at the way that the spinoff is going, there may not be as much to theorize about. There, I disagree. There, well, okay, yeah. So let me say it this way. It may not be as in-depth because we don't have necessarily as many right. seasons to call back no. to... Because it, it really seems like they're going to be treating this like a spinoff, not so much a continuation. And, and I know I could be completely wrong in this. Anyway, here's what we're looking to do for the podcast. Well, first of all, Once Upon a Time is changing schedule from being on Sunday nights to being on Friday nights. That alone means our schedule needs to change. Instead of doing what we've done for the last several years of doing an initial reactions right after the show airs, and then doing a full discussion later, and the full discussion being a scene-by-scene deep analysis whenever we have something to say about a scene, Easter eggs to pull out, quotations, insights, tiebacks, all of that kind of stuff that you've known us for. We do still want to have deep discussions about Once Upon a Time, but our format for that needs to change. So instead of having these two different formats of different episodes where we have initial reactions talking about the highlights of the episode and just what stood out to us in that moment after having just watched the episode and then later in the week having a full discussion including your feedback we're going to take those two things and we're going to use some magic and we're going to smash them together into a new format which will be very similar to how we're doing this episode it will take some of the highlight approach like initial reactions has. So we'll be talking about what stands out most to us about the episode, the major themes from the episode. And we'll be taking some of the deeper discussion, maybe getting some sound clips, maybe not getting sound clips, or maybe not even having as many screenshots or other deep research, but still trying to bring a deep discussion about certain things, not every single possible discussion point of the show, only what stands out to us. So our episodes then will also be shorter. So we'll be doing one episode per week instead of the two that we've been doing. Uh, And that one episode will probably be around an hour in time. And 
we may not have even watched the episodes as many times. Like I watched the episodes three times at least before recording the yeah, podcast. Yeah, don't do that anymore, Daniel. <laughs> I might mm-hmm. end up doing uh, once and then thinking deeply about certain things or maybe <laughs> twice. <laughs> Just sit in a room and think deeply. <laughs> yeah. Ruminate. And that will change as well as the spoilers, depending on the schedule for Hunter and Jacqueline, we may not be including spoilers in those same episodes, but we will still give you spoilers. The spoilers may come as their own standalone episodes. So you may still see two episodes from us in your podcast player, but one of those may be spoilers. And we will clearly mark it to say spoilers. So you can know if you don't want to listen to spoilers, you can simply delete that episode, skip it, or maybe not play it yet, save it for later, anything like that. So that's a possibility. Uh, I, I can't even say for sure who will be co-hosting with me because we don't know the schedule for everyone next year. We don't know complete interest levels or availability. A lot of stuff can happen even in the months before the yeah. next season comes. And the season when it starts could completely surprise us with the storyline <laughs> and the way that it's presented, causing yeah. us to rethink everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and so we don't even know yet our live schedule. We do still want to do the show live because we enjoy the engagement with you, the interaction. It's a lot of fun to hang out live. Uh, so what we'll probably do is on Friday nights when Once Upon a Time airs, you are welcome to still come and hang out in the chat room and chat with others. I will probably not be there because I have another commitment on Friday nights. And I know Friday nights are a tough time for many families. So that's probably good that we're not going to be trying to do a podcast on Friday nights. It's also good because one of the last times we recorded a podcast episode (laughs) on Friday night produced some great bloopers where it took uh, us, I think, 10 minutes to say our names and Twitter handles. <laughs> and it ended with my saying, we are never recording on a Friday night again. So maybe there's some, some smart truth to that. Um, but what we might do for our live is maybe record live on either Sunday nights or Monday nights. Uh, Monday nights would give the same amount of time from when the show airs to when we record our podcast. So you'd have the same amount of time to send your feedback. But since we'd only be releasing one episode per week, it might be better for us to move the live show to Sunday nights because then you can get your Once Upon a Time fix from us a little bit earlier since we're releasing only the one episode and you'd have more time then to consume that one episode more quickly and before the next episode airs. We don't know for sure. So these are simply some of my thoughts going through with this and what night we choose may also affect which co-hosts we can have. These are our initial reactions to scheduling (laughs) announcements. (laughs) Our thoughts are kind of all over the place. (laughs) So when we know, and the way I would like to do it is we'll have a schedule before the season returns and that's the schedule we'll stick with. So we will announce that schedule within the podcast as well as on the website through Twitter and such before the season returns. So if you stay subscribed to the podcast, then we'll let you know. Now, if you're one of those people who you never show up for the live event, uh, then this won't affect you that much. Except for just the release day. Yeah, the release day will change. And the release day for this would still be the day after we record. So if we record Sunday nights, the episode would publish on Mondays. If we record on Monday nights, the episode would publish on Tuesdays. We'd still like to include your feedback. And being that we might record the episodes a little bit earlier in the week compared to how we do it now. So we'd love your thoughts and uh, just know that if you suggest certain things or disagree with the way that we change the podcast and such, uh, I respect you for sharing your opinions. 
please don't be offended if we completely ignore them. We have to do <laughs> what works for us, our lives, and the podcast. But we will be continuing the podcast going forward. We're not stopping after the season. I've heard other podcasts or sites, major sites for Once Upon a Time, yeah. are stopping this season. We're not going to stop. Yeah, I, I can see chicken. how if you were going to stop, this would be a good time. I would. I think I also said Sunday night that initially when I heard season seven and heard some other things, I thought I would be done, but not with the way that they <laughs> tease the season. <laughs> I want to know what's going on. I'm intrigued. Mm-hmm. So watch for the announcement of those changes. We'll bring those announcements through the podcast, through Twitter, through Facebook, through um, the website as well to let you know when we know what our plan will be going forward. And we hope that you'll join us for that and get others watching too, especially since uh, the show will be at a new time. Maybe that means more people will be able to watch the show. And considering that it's kind of a reboot and spinoff sort of thing, it could pick up a completely new audience that might not necessarily have to have watched all the previous seasons. However, it will be extremely beneficial if they do. And so you could tell them, hey, while you're binging on all of the past seasons, you should listen to One's Podcast. So send them to onespodcast.com to get their insight. And uh, we may even have a recommended schedule over the summer for a rewatch Uh, If you want to do your own rewatch of the past six seasons, the essentials, we won't be doing an official rewatch like we did between seasons one and two, but we might put out a schedule or maybe someone in the forums will put out a schedule to let you know, this is a suggestion for from now until once upon a time returns. We've reached a point where there are more episodes than days between now and when (laughs) it will likely return. So that's a good thing. That's a good thing. If you you just can't be without Once Upon a Time, you can watch an episode a day and not run out. (laughs) And our uh, summer schedule will be very sporadic, as it has been the last several summers and hiatuses. Uh, We will have a sixth season unboxing video, and we'll do a review of the extras on the sixth season discs. Hunter and Jacqueline will share spoilers when possible uh, during the summer, especially around the time of Comic-Con San Diego. There are often spoilers that come out from that. And I'm not at all promising this, but maybe we can do an interview with a cast member or a production crew member. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Uh, Other times in the past, I've wanted to do that, and I, I just can't make it work. So if you have skills in arranging interviews with celebrities, I'd love to talk to you. Email us. But we have a few in the archive. We can, yeah. We've got two in the archive. Just two? Yeah, only two. Oh, I thought there were three. Yeah. Except I can't remember the third one, so I guess that's why. So stay connected with us <laughs> through the summer by following us on Facebook and Twitter. And, of course, staying subscribed to the podcast if you're still interested in the show. And the podcast will still be there for you when Once Upon a Time returns. Back to Once Upon a Time. This episode, the Black Fairy's Curse and the final, we could call it the final psycho battle. (laughs) I love it. This was the first time Emma was affected by a curse like everyone else. Yes. Unless you want to count season three. I don't. When Emma (laughs) was... uh, Affected by Regina, rather, and Regina gave Emma good memories. It was a gift. Yeah, that was not necessarily a curse. You could say that was part of Pan's curse, but 
this is the first time she was affected like everyone else. You look at even when the author cursed them into the storybook, Emma was not affected. But that was kind of part of her curse is that she wasn't affected, whereas everyone else was. And Henry wasn't affected by this curse. Oh, you mean because she was she was there. Yeah. She, but but she her remembered. memory was not affected. Right. Sidebar. That scene was in the recap of the episode. Yeah. Her in the tower. Like, why was that in the... Just because, hey, there's precedent for Emma being crazy. Just a little <laughs> bit, maybe. I couldn't... But see, it was also a dragon thing. So I thought... I just kept thinking, they keep bringing up dragons. What's the deal with that? I think they were really trying to remind us of Emma and Henry's relationship over the seasons and some of those major moments because it had the apple turnover. It had uh, that from season four. Yes. When Henry came to rescue her and she remembered and no one else did. Mm -hmm. And I love seeing the season one stuff in the recap of this episode. It was fun. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. I'm going to I'm going to table that and come back. I just have I have a grander theory now as we talked. <laughs> now, Henry, I believe wasn't affected because this this curse seemed to be a curse of disbelief. And Henry has the heart of the truest believer. Yes, that was at least a plausible explanation. And he see, I like where did he even get the book? I thought that was great. He's just holding the book. Well, he had it at the wedding. Did he? Yes. Oh. Mm-hmm. In his lap. Oh, like uh, just in case the author duties strike. I know that's not a stomach bug, but he, uh, <laughs> I am five years old. <laughs> but he perhaps thought he might need to record the wedding, which was beautiful. Yeah. Now, was this really a curse? Black Fairy cleaned up after the wedding. That's a big deal. They didn't have to, they got the whole beautiful wedding and they didn't have to do any cleanup. That's a very good point. Yeah. They saved I've, a lot of money on that. <laughs> I've done wedding cleanup. But yeah. It's not a pleasant thing. It's maybe not some fun. good in her after all. It was. And she's kind of ashes now. She's toast, man. You can come back from that. Ask one. <laughs> as long as it looks you have so a temporary. She turned me into a newt. And speaking of creepy, deathly sort of things. <laughs> like wedding cleanup. <laughs> yeah. And in Emma's room there in the psych ward, she had this little painting on the wall that at first seems kind of happy because it has mountains and a couple ships on the water. But you have to look closely and it actually seems quite creepy. There's this... One part of this, and we'll have a screenshot in the show notes at oncepodcast.com slash 301. There's this one part that looks like a, an evil face is being melted or crying or bleeding, like kind of Dorian Gray sort of thing. And it's in the lower left of her painting. But then there are three trees that seem kind of like storybook tree-like. Okay. But underneath the roots and the shape of the ground that the tree is on, they look like creepy eyeballs. Well, they're working on the landscape. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Removing those creepy eyeballs from it. Yeah. So the look at the show notes and see if what you think of these creepy things inside of Emma's painting there. I didn't notice that. I'm intrigued. I loved that this was Operation Cuckoo's Nest. Right. Because yes. Nurse Ratchet 
and the Native American guy who disappointingly did not have a song in the musical <laughs> or even a dance. <laughs> but uh, they're yeah, both from their nods to One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. So yeah. that's why this was Operation Cuckoo's Nest. Why did they specifically say two years she'd been in there? I wondered that too. Was there an event two years ago on their timeline that would have... It's as mm. if she, in the curse timeline, everything happened as it did and she believed Henry. But then one would think, what, ran around Storybrooke a crazy woman for a couple of years? Believing Henry and then got in, got put in there? Because it's been more uh, than two years since she came to Storybrooke. Yeah, it's been mm-hmm. four years yeah. at least. Well, and three years ago was when Henry ate a poisoned apple turnover. Emma did say Curse. that. Uh, she said poisoned. I know. She said poisoned. It poisoned but in the cursed yeah, memories. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so maybe it was after that that for a year she started getting more and more crazy. And then they mm. decided to lock her up. I see. Oh, and yeah. And so yeah, then yeah. that gives us two-ish years. Yeah, because there was a whole season one. That would have happened mm-hmm. in their memory just as it did. And then, yes, interesting. Although in their memory... Months in the hospital, she said, for him. So... And Fiona would have been in place of Regina in all of those memories. And then, right. And then Henry gets out of the hospital, and they start running around doing Operation Cobra together. And people go, who is Emma? She's crazy. And the mayor (laughs) knows it. And then she goes in there. Was the sanitarium created by... Fiona's curse. I don't think we have a way to know that, but I think it's, well, it's been, always been there. Yeah, because wasn't Belle Belle was kept in the in the dungeon of the psych ward, wasn't she? No, originally? see, that's where we've always seen Nurse Ratchet and the yeah. the mopping guy. They've been in the basement of the hospital. Now they've got a whole place. Black Fairy. Oh, promoted I her. see. See, I'm I'm thinking we got mm. a new building because it wasn't even a psychiatric ward of the hospital. It was just like a new place. Ah, uh, yeah, mm. yeah, that's true. But, you know, they might need it in years to come. But I did wonder if this was the battle that she saw on the day that she saw. It was very similar. They Mm -hmm. intentionally Mm -hmm. went about making it look almost the same. Yeah. He had a long coat. (laughs) No hood this time, though. That's true. But not everything. Yeah, looked the same. But it was... Basically the same looking battle except for clothing and some characters that were nearby. How's that for prophecy? We got it fulfilled twice. Yes. So then the question is, did she change her fate or did she not on that day? She said, I just wanted to change my fate, so I changed my fate and I didn't die. Gideon didn't kill me. But then this day happened, so I kind of like that better, actually. Well, what the... (laughs) The prophecy or what the the seer said is you will die, but she didn't actually die. She did sacrifice herself, so she could have died. And she went about doing that as if she was going to die, knowing she's going to die, but she didn't. Did she? So didn't she? the only thing that was false about the vision, well, was blood and <laughs> her dying. <laughs> Because the sword didn't actually go through her. Oh, it was it just a different kind of sword than deflected. in the vision this time, too. Yeah. 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 
I don't know. I don't know. Did she die? Did she not die in this? I really liked the connections about belief and hope between this and season one. Listen to what Black Fairy said. Because belief in something, something that isn't real, can be dangerous. You know, everything she says can sound creepy and dark. But go back to (laughs) season one, the pilot episode. And this is what Mary Margaret said. Yeah, then Mary Margaret said to Emma. Look, I gave the book to him because I wanted Henry to have the most important thing anyone can have. Hope. Believing in even the possibility of a happy ending is a very powerful thing. And then later Uh in this episode, then it comes back to Snow saying... Believing in even the possibility of a happy ending is a powerful thing, but living with that kind of belief... That's the most powerful thing of all. That's hope. I love that. It all comes back to hope. That's what this whole show is built on. And they talked about that in the the special that appeared before this two-hour finale, which it was a fantastic special, by the way. We didn't talk about that in our initial reactions, but they... It really was. It was a lot of fun and very special. And it did emphasize, again, how the show is really about hope. And that's what they bring it back to here in the finale. It's mm-hmm. funny, the musical, especially by the end, was so full of hope, and the characters were so full of hope, that even going into this, I just believed Emma. They were going to win. Yeah. How could they not? And they did it all in one day. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it would take weeks and weeks of <laughs> battles and twists and turns, and there you go doing it, day one. <laughs> not quite day one but it was pretty close i think it was they the, woke up they oh yeah ended the true. curse by the time it got dark that's true <laughs> they didn't go to bed forgetting who they were they just ran around that one day fiona used this curse to give herself the evil mayor pantsuit makeover <laughs> yeah in fact i would like someone to put a screenshot of storybrook cora next to storybrook fiona there will be some similarities. Straight hair, mm-hmm. mayor-like pantsuit. Yeah, that's true. General evil glower. Not red lipstick, though. No. For that's, both a, of them. that's a pretty much a Cora thing. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that was creepier than usual. Somehow. That was really creepy. <laughs> I'm in a dark room. That was really creepy. Uh, as she also, speaking of people being made different... Hopper was sort of mean. Yeah. He was being pushed around, I think. Yeah, I was going to say it was kind of like she made him into a puppet. Uh, 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 huh. Uh, uh, huh. <laughs> she kind of mixed yes. up the I didn't the mean histories. it as a pun, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it worked that way. It's true. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Henry's page that he had with these strange runes on them and such... There's a brief moment where you get to see what's written on the page. And of course, here's a transcription of it. Light was born and darkness followed, and then the war began. For eternities, the two battled, clashing in a sea of endless war. Their emissaries raged in perfect balance, light versus dark, good versus evil. With every moon, they were born, fought and died at each other's hands. This is how it was. This is how it was. This is how it will be for times. But when the greatest light awakens, the final battle can begin. 
We will know this great light as a warrior born of those heroes and a love. And from that, Black Fairy knew that darkness cannot snuff out the light. Only light can snuff out light. Which, you know, actually mm-hmm. makes no sense at all. Although, you oh, know, to, you. to her credit, this was only page one of a two-page Oh, so maybe the other side said, and by the way, darkness can't snuff out the light. Only light can snuff out the light. Yeah. Which Thanks. Bye. She thinks Gideon is the light. Mic drop. Gideon, the son of the dark one, is the light. <laughs> that can Except he was an original savior. Light. Yeah, and there yeah. was that whole thing about Gideon was supposed to be a savior to the dark realm. But that was all apparently a lie to try and become an ally with Emma. That was a lie. And, and don't forget, evil isn't born, it's made. Yeah, theory. Uh, theory. So, <laughs> so, he might be magical, but not necessarily evil. Brain cramp. It no. could be something like dormant <laughs> genes passed on. And that can totally happen, which is actually... Oh, can it? Yeah. No. It, it, it is relevant Magical to, dormant genes. ...to uh, <laughs> Lucy, Henry's supposed daughter, that uh, if Henry ends up marrying Violet or something with Violet, or then it is possible to have a child that looks that completely ethnically different because of genetics. Uh, that thing is possible. Like, for example, I say this often. It seems like I say this so often. People are going to be like, oh, you need to stop saying that. I'm a different blood type than both of my parents mm-hmm. because dormant genes. Mm-hmm. So and there are other even better examples, but it could also be that she just is the spitting image of her mother. Yeah. that's We that's have no idea true. yet, which yeah. is cool. Which we'll get into in a little bit more to talk more about that. But with the black fairy wanting to change the laws of magic and have unchecked power she really should have shown up about half a season earlier and talked to Jafar <laughs> because once upon a time in wonderland that's why which by the way you can watch for free in the abc app the full season of once upon a time in wonderland is there not all of the once upon a time episodes are there if you want to go back and watch past seasons. But this summer hiatus would be a great opportunity if you haven't done so yet to go back and watch Once Upon a Time in Wonderland. Yes. And you'll start to see those cool connections that we've talked about many times. And you'll also see, you'll have a better understanding of why we might think that it's a big deal to change the laws of magic, even beyond the obvious. Yeah. I, I can understand effects. wanting to change the laws of magic and being able to do it if you have all the right conditions, which apparently the only way to do it was with a genie and these other things that they had. But here the black fairy thinks she can do it by getting light to snuff out light. Well, it was just such a, that's why I thought maybe she was lying. And I still half wonder because it's just like, where did that come from? Not even like, halfway through the episode where or like even the second episode we're like almost the end of the final battle and it's like oh and by the way when i win i'll be more powerful than ever no reason like i'm not really connected to this in any way i cast the curse but whatever and i don't know how that i don't know how emma's death produces that effect i don't know how it funnels on to fiona i don't understand any of it and they didn't even try to use squid ink 
to explain it. It's the blend (laughs) tech theory. You've seen those will it blend? If not, search YouTube for will it blend. Mm -hmm. What happens if you take a blend tech blender and blend a blend tech blender? Oh, dear. Yeah. The laws of magic would change. So that's, I think, what Fiona is thinking. She saw those will it blend commercials and realized, hey, if I blend a blender in a blender... Or if I do the same thing with magic, have light magic snuff out light magic, then boof, world's over. Is a blend tech blender where you get black fairy dust? Yeah. Don't breathe that. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Actually, uh, Gummy in the chat window, did you guys see the comment? She said the, the light, uh, dark can't cast out light. There's a Martin Luther King Jr. quote, darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. Unless you have a black hole. I like, whoa. Or oh a my, black fairy. Or, oh but see, that kind of makes sense. Like if they'd been having, trying to get somebody evil to defeat somebody evil, it would have been like, oh, yeah, duh. More evil. Let's get somebody light. Like that's cool. And that would have made sense. But, oh, well. It, it just, there were so many little things like that. that that's why I'm trying to focus on the characters and the actual intended outcomes of the characters because I thought that stuff was great. Yeah. Yeah, very much so. Even if I would have liked the stakes to be high because of all these things that one could see coming as the story <laughs> developed the characters rather than just, oh, the characters are developing. What's that soup they're in? Oh, that's the story. I don't know why it's like that, but they're <laughs> awesome characters. <laughs> I loved the line, this isn't just some rooftop. This is where you were. You married your true love yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> it, just, it underlines the effect of the curse. I thought as much as I wanted a true battle battle like everybody did, I think, I thought this was a particularly effective curse, especially on the Storybrook side. Mm-hmm. It was just sort of sad and depressing in a fun-to-watch way <laughs> because, I don't know, it was so the opposite of where they were. That line kind of summarizes she took them from the happiest day to that it's just so glum she didn't even let them have in its entirety that happy happy day she messed up the beginning and then she messed up the end (laughs) what do you think about henry during this dark curse well henry actually had a lot of really great moments besides even just (laughs) things like the rooftop line and falling down the stairs no, that wasn't a great moment. That was a partic- another particularly creepy moment from the Black Fairy. But he obviously kind of took center stage in this for, I think, by the end, obvious reasons. Yeah. I, But they, they made him a little bit more of a warrior, I suppose, in addition to just the children's book author, as I now think of him. <laughs> writing his one sentence on each page. Well, now we know why. They go with illustrations to remind people like Emma of what's going on. He was He's the children's book author. Yeah. That's why he only writes one sentence at a time. Oh, Finally get it. But no, he, you know, there was the fire extinguisher, <laughs> which was very similar in some ways to Zelina and the car. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it was lovely. That was great. And then Emma's little protection spell just kind of like yeah kind of that's not gonna hold him very long (laughs) but so they had henry with a sword like really actually going after someone with a sword and not in a wish realm and not 
in any kind of book or... He didn't get to actually use he it, He didn't, though. but the, the spirit is there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, he had a lot more agency in this than he usually does. What a nice way to go out, too. Now we know we saw him at the beginning, actually, although he still didn't even use the sword. He was just holding it there, too. In the beginning, referring to the Enchanted Forest, a time of great upheaval? Yes. Okay. Wherever that falls in our timeline slash realm line. But before we talk about that, the one other thing in this Storybrook timeline, and even just the once upon a time storyline, is the happily ever after that everyone got. I loved this closing montage mm-hmm. that they mm-hmm. had where you get to see uh, the realms restored. You get to see the characters coming back together. You see them Mm -hmm. living their happily ever after. You see them living their happy beginning. Because it's like Snow summarized what I was trying to say when I was talking about loving the concept of a happy beginning. She said, ending isn't happiness. Being together is. Mm -hmm. And it's. I think that's so beautiful. It's so true. And... It's one of those two endings that we had theorized about for a long time. One of our things was maybe they would all go back to the Enchanted Forest. But the thing that we felt, or at least I remember feeling more strongly about, was no, they're going to learn to have their happy endings here mm-hmm. with living with where they ended up after the curse, embracing this, and continuing on with Happily Ever After. And the other thing that I theorized about was that the last thing we would see would be something from the book that said, and they lived happily ever after the end, maybe Henry writing it and closing the book, something like that. And we saw that. We've, we all, I think everybody theorized about future mm-hmm. Henry, but I think we were all thinking like old Henry. Like yeah. With the book. Mm. <laughs> yeah. It, it was also really neat during the montage to see Regina oh. holding the apple in the very iconic yeah. image that yes. we've seen across all of the seasons. But even before that, I think, oddly enough, out of all these things, the thing that really got me was the dwarves and putting Queen on the door. Oh, oh my yeah. gosh. That was so sweet. Like, I love Emma's story, but in some ways, Regina's story at this point is Her so cool. Is so good. Yes. That they would just sort of bow their heads in respect and just call her queen even if it's just a term of endearment yeah no more evil no so good that was really good andrea from los angeles california said as a rumbeller i was very satisfied with this ending i especially liked the skin deep rumbell scene parallel to the final battle rumbell scene parallel in their first scene together in skin deep rumple has his right hand on bell's back escorting her away from her family and friends to an unknown dark future with him. And this is not about the Beauty and the Beast thing, by the way, if you're recognizing that parallel. And in the final battle, in their last scene together on the show, Rumple has his right hand on Belle's back, escorting her toward her family and friends mm. to a happy, bright future with their own little family by their side. I thought it was so sweet to do that callback and an appropriate wrap-up of their story. Thank you, mm. Andrea. That's cool. That's nice. Magic necessity. Well, exactly. Necessity. And maybe not magic requiring solutions. Yeah, exactly. The Charming's got a farm. No more apartment living. Yeah. I'd like to think Emma and Hook have the apartment. No, no, they have the house. Yeah. They have Emma's house. They have the house. Who's got the apartment? No one. Oh, it's kind of a nice apartment. <laughs> or maybe Henry moves out right. and Henry gets the apartment. The law. At like 14. 
<laughs> Maybe. Maybe. G- Gideon can have it. Oh, wait, he's a baby. <laughs> yeah, so you had a problem with Henry having it at 14. <laughs> really well, he wasn't problem. always a baby. <laughs> this is once upon a time. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay, somebody cool get out of the apartment, whatever. It's fine. By the way, there was a little nod to Ruby in this episode that even though she didn't appear, her red sports car was driving down the street and pulled in front of Granny's diner. Oh, really? When Henry oh. was walking down the street just after the curse That's had hit. Cool. Oh, good. Yeah, I was also I thinking it was funny that Blue wasn't in this episode at all. And, of course, August wasn't anywhere to be found, not even at the wedding. Yeah. And Dr. Whale was spoken of quite a bit, but he obviously must not have been able to be present. Yeah. Because there were a lot of prime opportunities to bring him in the room and say something snarky. (laughs) (laughs) But we did at least get to see Violet again. Was that her? Yes, it was. Ah, Leaning up against the tree, kind of looking flirtingly at Henry as he went. And then you see Regina and Emma kind of smile in a way that I think when you recognize that that was Violet at the tree, maybe they see like some little thing. Maybe they hold hands as they go into the bus or something like that. And then they're smiling kind of like, oh, that's so cute. Our little boy is growing up. He's so cute. Did she have something in her hand? Was she holding something? Violet? Mm-hmm, while she was leaning up against tree. It was a wand. <laughs> no. They're not having a happy beginning after all. No. She's evil. I was looking, I was watching much. on a small screen and I couldn't tell. I don't know. Probably books. <laughs> School stuff. No, School she's, stuff. she's only holding her hands. That's it. Okay. Just holding them in front of her. And Henry's hard. Not yes. Really. But I mean, they're super young, so... That may or may not mean anything for Henry's future. Right. Also in the montage, we saw Wish Realm Robin proposing to Rhonda (sighs) via an arrow. Straight through her heart. Oh, geez. No, not quite. Wow. (laughs) That would be a very different kind of proposal. (laughs) I forgot which arrow I used. It always finds its target. I was trying to get her heart, but not like that. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, that's okay. I don't understand it, I guess. I just have a problem with characters that are fakes. Yeah. It doesn't have the same meaning to me. Yeah. So Robin may be somehow an essence of the real Robin. Rhonda's super fake, but still a cool story. They were kind of equally alt though, right? I mean, she was kind of alt Regina. He was kind of alt Robin. Yeah. Yeah, but it's not even like an alternate universe. They're just like... It was a part of Robin (laughs) and a part of Regina. And I thought it was interesting that they chose to do that because it was one of those... It was the only way that Regina was going to get a happy ending in this iteration before the next generation. And I thought that was kind of an interesting way to play it. I don't know that I would have chosen to do it that way myself. Yeah. I don't know. That did feel a little more like... Yeah, I'm just not sure what the point of it was really. I thought the sacrifice was beautiful, but they brought everything back. So I guess they didn't want her there alone. So why not do that? It's cool. It it wasn't something I thought was terrible, but I thought, okay, that's a thing. I hope that it's not more of a thing. Like, I hope that's the end of it as far as what we see. Mm -hmm. But 
And the last thing we see of our favorite characters is that final supper, the last supper together, so which was sweet. odd for them. I mean, I, I understand kind of the imagery, but also it's really weird. And yeah. some people might say blasphemous. It was very ways. heavy handed. Yeah, it's so simply look up on uh, Wikipedia, the last supper painting. It's a painting by uh, Leonardo da Vinci. And it's part of, if you watch the Da Vinci Code and such, that's part of like the conspiracy stuff of that. But uh, in the original painting, which was on a building, it wasn't a painting on a canvas sort of thing. But in the original building, it has Jesus with all of the disciples there and um, Mary Magdalene there at the Last Supper. And the way that everyone is posed is supposed to have been right after Jesus said, one of you is going to betray me. And little hidden Easter egg in uh, the image, look for a knocked over salt shaker. That's Judas who betrayed Jesus. And salt is a symbol of a covenant. Uh, It's throughout scripture many times. And so spilling the salt is kind of a symbol of he's the one breaking the covenant. And he's the one that's going to betray Jesus. But in that painting, showing all of them there, Jesus is at the center of it, of this table where everyone's sitting basically on one side and on the ends of the table. Which I never realized was so strange until I saw this. (laughs) (laughs) Why is everyone on that side? And uh, also to our left in the painting, or Jesus's right, is Mary Magdalene. Now, that's where the Da Vinci Code, okay, spoiler here, the Da Vinci Code premise is that uh, Jesus and Mary Magdalene got together and actually had kids or a kid. And so the bloodline of Jesus continues on down the to world. the end. And yeah, it's it's a weird thing. But um, that's kind of from the painting. Well, in this scenario, Once Upon a Time's Last Supper, Emma is there in the Jesus position and Hook is next to her in the Mary Magdalene. Position. Oh goodness! It's it's a little weird. No one's spilling salt. I didn't even notice or breaking any bread. Of that I just <laughs> I recognized what they set up, and I thought I know some people liked it, but I just thought she's not <laughs> she's not enough of an allegory to go that far to me. And well, it makes some of the other things they've done with her character a little more offensive because I kept trying to say, well, they're just saying savior about a million times an episode because they're trying to say. You know, it's like a literary type or whatever, and 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 there are multiple saviors, and there's this and there's that, and then and then they do that for the like almost the last scene, the last scene of these characters, and it's like, huh, why? Where did that come from? It's, it's weird to me, but well, one thing to consider as Gummy Lens is pointing out in the chat room, Emmanuel, meaning God with us, and that was one of the names for Jesus, has the name Emma. In it. I don't think we'd ever talked about that before in the podcast. I mean, no, we hadn't. That's kind of odd. if it, you if you use the one of those spellings of Emmanuel. There are say, different spellings right. of Emmanuel, including one that starts with an I. Spelling. So keep that in mind in case you're ever in a yeah. Any uh, anytime you get stuff coming out of out of Hebrew, the vowels are all uh, very confusing, and they can be many different things. I'm looking up Emmanuel right now. That's so cool. I can't believe we didn't notice that before. Probably yeah. someone else did long, long ago in a galaxy well, far, far away. Maybe because they didn't try to draw that strong of a parallel. In fact, the term savior was not used for her 
all that often until yeah. this year, maybe last. But initially, it was in the pilot, but it was it was used in the proper sense, not as a technical term or a fate type <laughs> or something like that. Or even in the sense that her belief is somehow tied to the existence and destruction of all of the other realms. Unless, going back to what we said earlier... That that was actually something that the Black Fairy engineered into this curse is to tether her to the curse and yeah, her belief. I think that's the only good explanation for that. Because yeah. otherwise, what would cutting one's fate, let's say, do to any of that? It would cause a time of great upheaval, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not. No. <laughs> so let's talk about this. The teaser for the spinoff otherwise known as season mm-hmm, 7. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to I'm going to take back what I said before. I think you're right and that the scenes that we were shown involving Lucy were in chronological order. Mm. But I think I mean it's possible. I think that a curse is involved. <laughs> Probably. I think that maybe Henry doesn't have as much explaining to do as we think. If he has simply forgotten that he has a daughter. Or here's the other idea comes from Lisa. I think that the older Henry we see in the finale is not the same Henry who lived in Storybrooke. It is Wish Realm Henry. I don't like it. I think the upheaval (laughs) that we see in the Enchanted Wish Realm relates to the fact that Snow and Charming were killed in that realm and that Emma was abducted back to Storybrooke. Old Round Hook was never in love with Emma in the Wish Realm. Moving between the Wish Realm and, say, Seattle would eliminate the need to explain where Emma is and where the Charmings are. I think we are not going back to Storybrooke. In my view, this is okay. It's a good thing. Everyone that we know from Storybrooke did live happily ever after, just the way we saw in the finale. The versions of characters that we will be seeing again are versions from the Wish Realm. I think we will see Rumple only as the giggly dark one who existed in the Wish Realm. Remember that in the Wish Realm, Belle was dead. Does that mean Colin O'Hot-Donahue is going to be fat again and gray (laughs) and not have his Irish tenor? (laughs) I don't want to focus on the Wish Realm. I want to forget it ever happened. (laughs) Well, I think it could make sense because the Wish Realm is apparently another copy of different characters that may or may not be very real. It's a real enough realm that Rhonda... And Robin were able to escape it because everyone was hunting them there in that realm. Rhonda didn't even come from there. She came from a bottle and then like Regina's body. It's weird. So here's the thing, and I've said it before and I'll say it again. Well, I'll say this in two parts. I am excited for season seven, but not if it's based on the Wish Realm. Because, again... Everything that happened was based on those people being fake. They said it a thousand times during that episode. If they were fake, then the stories are pointless. If they weren't fake, then our Regina murdered a copy of the Charmings. Yeah. Without even a second thought. Mm -hmm. Like mid-sentence, almost accidentally. Yelling at them. And, by the way, how did our Emma replace their Emma 100% if she was a real person Mm -hmm. and then wake up and then leave and they're left without an Emma. Oh, you know what? Just side note here. That was a time that Emma was affected by a curse other than this black. Yeah, that's true. But kind of same thing ish. 
Okay, side note aside. So all of that means that that world is already so flawed. It's so flawed. If season seven is based on it, I it would take some massive amount of really good writing to make me actually care about the story. Yeah, it so is I a very, very much hope that's not it. It is a very popular theory uh, as well from Steffi uh, from Mexico sent us that same theory as well. Uh, Doxon says no one needs an Emma. It, it could make really sense, rough. but so looking at these three scenes we get teasing us for the spinoff, otherwise known as season seven. It start if it's chronological. Henry is in the Enchanted Forest. It did say Enchanted Forest. It did not say the Wish Realm. But then again, whatever. And it said a time of great upheaval. Lucy wakes up and she calls him father, and he is treating her as his daughter. He has the storybook or she has the storybook and he says how important it is for her to protect it because uh, it's it's this the storybook is the realm's possible only hope at defeating the darkness so the darkness is coming again uh, they talk about they like they found me i don't know how but they found me run for it marty but uh, <laughs> at first they sound like ogres but then there's something else that sounds kind of like wraiths uh mm-hmm. we don't know what it is that is coming for them. We don't know what happens to at least that Henry, if it's the same Henry or a different Henry. A curse probably involved that sent Henry then to Seattle. It looked like a curse. There was a shadow, and he had a sword Mm -hmm. out. He said, they found us. Yeah. Now, everything looked charred when Lucy got back, but she Mm -hmm. didn't seem to know what had happened. So they must not have had too much contact with whatever found them, enough that she would understand their nature. Tiger Lily wasn't sure what happened either, but nobody said that anybody was dead. Yeah. So that gives me hope that a real Henry was sent somewhere, except how did Tiger Lily become a fairy again? (laughs) Unless she never was not a fairy in the wish realm. Or Blue Fairy made her a fairy again. We've talked about that that, before, like Tinkerbell as well. Was there a magic eight ball line that came out of Tiger Lily's mouth? Is the future is cloudy from the Magic 8-Ball? No. Oh, yeah. Well, not Magic 8-Ball, but... Oh, you mean... I thought you meant... Did she mention a Magic 8-Ball? <laughs> no, because as soon as she said it, I oh. cracked up. And the boys, again, looked at me like, Mom, whatever. That's hilarious. And I couldn't remember if that was one of the... I forgot to look it up, if that was one of the Magic 8-Ball lines. You know, Maybe. future is cloudy, cannot say now. or hmm. That would be so funny. (laughs) That'll be her nickname from now on. A little detail that I'm not so sure we can assume it's consistent with the rest of the series, but at least it's consistent with this episode and within the events of this episode, is that the sword that Henry uses when he wants to go and try and fight against Gideon is the same sword that Lucy picks up that this future Henry had been using in the Enchanted Forest during a time of great upheaval. The sword has black stripes on the handle, so it's a unique sword, mm. unique design. Just they focused on it. And, yeah, and they did focus on it. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely the same sword, which makes me think this, at least the Henry we see in Enchanted Forest, is the same Henry. He kept that sword. Mm. Now, the other interesting aspect of that sword is what it connects to with the rest of the series. That's Charming's sword. It's the sword that Emma used to defeat the Maleficent dragon at the end of season one. Remember, Rumpel said, 
this is your father's sword. It's the sword that Charming has used many, many times since then. Like looking back at season three, when Zelina was the Wicked Witch and she was trying to build this time-changing potion and she needed courage, remember she took Charming's sword and it was that same sword with the three black stripes. And other times we've seen him using this sword, it was that same sword, Mm -hmm. three black stripes. So maybe it's a production mistake that that's the same sword Henry gets from a box. Maybe it's, uh, this is right after Henry, at least the storybook timeline, is right after Henry went to see gold and maybe got his arm healed by gold. But uh, he is looking for something to be able to defeat everyone. Maybe he got the mirror from gold. Maybe he got the sword from gold. Or maybe he went to grandpa's house and pulled the sword out from under the bed and He's decided, okay, I'm going to use Grandpa's sword to try and defeat everybody that needs to be defeated. And then here in a time of great upheaval, he still has that sword. So that makes me think that at least what we see in this future Enchanted Forest is the same Storybrooke Henry. Mm -hmm. And for the sake of a nice story, I think it would make sense that the Henry we see in Seattle is the same Henry, and that's actually Lucy's father. But we don't know who the mother is. I agree, and I like it, and I think it works way better as a story. Now, as far as which order these scenes go in, it could be Curse takes him to Seattle, and she goes to get him. It could be that she goes to get him, and they end up back in Enchanted Forest. To fight this darkness? Yes. Now, I think that their enemy is dragon people. We know of three already with basically an unresolved story in Once Upon a Time. The dragon, (laughs) we don't really know another name for him, Maleficent and Lily, and everything looked charred in the camp. Yeah, especially the sword all blackened. And the thing is, like I said about the recap, for some reason they really focused on dragons. Hmm. Like in a way that made me think, and they put a dragon into the finale in a way that made no sense. Yeah. As if... Because first they thought, and I still don't know, really, as I'm saying it, it seemed like there were giants there, which apparently there weren't supposed to be. But then they were like, wait, that's not a giant, and it was a dragon, but nothing else came of the dragon. They flashed to the time in the book where Emma was being guarded by Lily, and they didn't even make it clear what was happening. They just kind of showed it like like there was a point behind it. So it's making me think, Hmm. dragons. There could be dragons. Season 7 is the dragon season. <laughs> Darby dragons. Scarier than ogres. Who Lucy's mother is will no doubt be a major point of theorization over the next several months. And it's exciting yeah. that with a complete reboot that it seems to be, well, not complete, but a, a pretty much a reboot. Yes, it means that there's a new curse and there's a new maybe. little kid who needs to help the new savior to remember and maybe, maybe, th- maybe. that kind of thing. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. They could get it all done in one day. What, what is exciting <laughs> I mean, in this is that it's not our same characters. So all of that mystery in the first season of who is that guy? What fairy tale character are they? What's their relationship with these other people? That mystery is coming back because we'll have mostly new characters. We'll have a completely different storyline, no longer focusing on Regina trying to kill Snow White again. 
and right. we'll, we'll probably still get the flashbacks because they just won't let that go. Well, and part of that could be we already had two different timelines just in this episode. So we had Seattle, Lucy and Henry, and mm-hmm. the White Book with yeah. our story in yeah. it. Different white, different storybook. And too. we yeah. had whatever time right. frame the other was in the Enchanted Forest with the storybook that we know about. And apparently they're pretty vital. And so there's already a couple different ways they could bounce back and forth and do flashbacks that fill in the gaps, which really is where Once Upon a Time started. We mm-hmm. were seeing these people and it started with, here's how it happened. Those words were on the screen. And so the flashbacks were all, how did we get to this point? And who are these people? And it all worked. Every time, I remember season one, every time we saw a flashback, like a snow charming flashback, it felt like more of the story. It was building toward how did they retake the kingdom. It was all that kind of thing. It all went together and it was pretty much chronological or they had points where you could connect the dots and figure out the timeline. Yeah. And that sort of thing could be all coming back. And one of the ways that this could tie in, looking at specifically the book, is you think about the events here, what happened in Storybook in this episode, wraps up the storyline, Henry closes the storybook, and that's it. And then he somehow goes back to the Enchanted Forest. That's what we see in the earlier scenes that happened during a time of great upheaval. Something happens to him. And then also something happens to Lucy and the storybook is destroyed. So then Lucy's all like, uh, 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 I have this thing memorized. So I'm going to recreate the storybook. That's what she does. And somehow then she gets back to Seattle and she has her recreated version of the storybook. And that's what she's taking to Henry to try and remind him of everything. Well, then she's a better author and illustrator than her father. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> if that's the case <laughs> but uh like like you said it's like four minutes and look how much theorizing is happening oh yeah it's very interesting yeah very interesting and recognizing who henry is we have one character we know is going to be for certain we know henry will be in season seven older henry older henry so that brings a lot of stuff uh, that we can assume and we know about him. We know who he is. We know what he's capable of. Now, does he still have those powers? Does he still have that knowledge? Mm-hmm. Is Does he still have the heart of the truest believer? Is he still the author? We don't know those kinds of things, but we know that at one point he was and he has that potential to have those things. Whereas like Emma had no idea she had any magical abilities. Right. She discovered it. It wasn't like she had forgotten her abilities. Yeah, I the parallels are cool so far. I just hope they don't take them too far to the point where it feels like we've seen it. Right. Like this is simply a re a reboot like all of the movies are today where it's just hey, right. let's get different people to play the exact same characters and yeah. let's flip the genders and the ages and we'll tell the same story. But then again, already the part that was in Enchanted Forest felt like almost like a different show. So, yeah, I'm very hopeful. Yeah, I do like the idea that this is a time of upheaval. Mm -hmm. It's not a personal battle that then tends to touch everyone else from these nasty (laughs) tendrils. But this is, it's a war, basically. And 
I've wanted to see a war in Once Upon a Time for a while. And that's why I was hoping the final battle would be something where they're bouncing between realms, having this ongoing final battle that's of epic proportions. That's not quite what we got. But we could see something like that, some war level thing with Once Upon a Time. What do you think of the casting? So we talked about this a little bit in our initial reactions. I meant specifically of Henry in this case. Oh, okay. Okay. So we won't get to that. Don't don't stop listening. Um, I thought, you know, there are times I look at him and think, "Eh, no, I don't think so. But then other times I look at him and think, well, yeah, I think they cast him pretty well. My initial impression is that he'll be good on the show, but... I think Jared Gilmore is old enough now that we kind of know pretty much what he's going to look like as an adult. Yeah. And so yeah. it's weird to see someone who's, what, 10 years older-ish, maybe? Maybe more than that. But it's weird to see an adult Henry when Henry's almost an adult himself and have him look that much different. Yeah. I'm having a little bit of a hard time with that since Henry's not as young as... He's supposed to be. <laughs> well, and the same thing happens yeah. with Emma as well, that through the seasons they've used different girls to play a young Emma. And yeah. more recently they've used Grace McKenna, who I think looked the part of a young Emma even better than, I forget her name now, but the girl that we saw, like an, a teenage Emma that was there with Lily and there with the Snow Queen and that. And now, in the last episode we saw with Grace McKenna, which was the musical episode, mm-hmm. she's almost to that age bumping into where the Lily and Emma oh, age Emma saying. was there. And it's a significant difference in looks between the two of them. And that's the kind of thing that we're we're just not supposed to think about. Right. Yep. But that's... what they could do very easily. But none of those girls were the series, like, like a series main cast member. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what they could do easily in season seven is, I think, use Jared S. Gilmore to tell some of these flashback stories because the flashbacks would presumably, maybe some of them, maybe not all of them, but some of them might take place shortly after the storybook events, but not so soon after that's like, hey, we just had the final battle and now we have another battle. But maybe. Yeah. I don't know, maybe later in the year, maybe next year. I don't know how many more seasons of Once Upon a Time there will be. I really (laughs) think season seven will be the last one. You're right. Because of the time shift and the reboot and such. But then again, it could be significantly different. And by the way, I I said the little girl's name backwards. I said it library style. It's McKenna Grace, not Grace McKenna. (laughs) (laughs) I thought something sounded off, but I couldn't put my finger on it. They can both be first names. (laughs) Gareth agrees with you, Jeremy, Mm -hmm. big time on something here. He said, I'm glad that there are still things to theorize about. This is the positive side of having another season, though I might not watch it until I have listened to the podcast and know it's safe. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to sully your memory of Once Upon a Time. (laughs) I'd say the field for speculation is wide open here. The name Lucy makes me think of the Chronicles of Narnia. Of course, there are three other children, but this could be worked out some way. 
I don't think the new season slash series can do twists on fairy tales. I hope we don't see another version of the Snow White story or anything like that. That being said, they have used up a lot of source material already. Narnia or other more modern fairy tales could be used. Another option is that Lucy's book might be full of stories from the real world, the world without magic, that no one in the Enchanted Forest believes. Hmm. The only problem with that theory is that Henry appears to be in the real world at the end. If the scenes are in order, the question is why does Henry leave Storybrooke and go to the Enchanted Forest in the first place? And how does he end up in Seattle? Another question is are the Henry from the Enchanted Forest and the Henry from Seattle the same person? In this season, we have already seen many times that it is possible in one way or another to have different versions of the same person. Perhaps the Henry at the end is surprised he has a daughter, not because of a curse or memory erasing potion. But because this version doesn't. Yeah. And yes, they've kind of opened that can of worms, but I do like the thought. I'd much rather that this be the same Henry right. who doesn't remember things. Mm-hmm. But it would be a, for that one moment, it would be an interesting twist to have it mimic his moment with his mother, but be totally different once we get below the surface. I don't want it, but it would. Another common theory about Lucy's identity is looking at the Disney franchise and what characters could they pull from for Lucy and Lucy's mother. Lucy might be Moana Uh, from one of the most recent Disney animated movies. So recent I haven't seen it. Yeah. See, I don't like that strictly because with Once Upon a Time's beginning, again, we had characters that we were familiar with, but they're so different from the Disney movies. And then even though I loved the Frozen season, they were not different in the slightest. It was a Frozen sequel. They were wearing the same clothes. They were the same people with the exact history from the movie. And that's a big shift in just like three seasons that they made from the way Once Upon a Time started to the way that they kind of went with that, uh, you know, Jack and the Beanstalk was a woman named Jack. There were differences in the characters they brought up. And then... It started to get so like little Bo Peep was yeah. a warlord, but of course it war lady. But she, uh, you know, still wore the weird traditional clothes, and that wasn't really explained. So what I'm saying in all of that is, I don't want to see Once Upon a Time go back to being part of the toy lineup mm. on the shelf. Yeah just promoting a current movie it's at its best when it's taking a character that people know just sort of because they've always known that character and expanding it and and you know letting snow white rarely wear a bow in her hair and when she does she's batting at birds and trying to hurt them (laughs) or she's wielding a sword or (laughs) in the recent abc upfronts which is a press and sponsor event and i got to watch these recently Uh, it just happened earlier this week where abc announces what shows are coming back the new schedule the lineup of shows and tries to get sponsors to participate they also tried very hard to talk about oh yeah people watch live with the commercials (laughs) well uh, some really interesting things uh were brought from that. Like ABC supposedly has the most social followers, um, gets the most social engagement of all of the top networks. Mm -hmm. And uh, they said, interestingly, people 
who watch shows time-shifted, like DVR or Hulu or something like that, those people tend to be more engaged with the shows than the people who watch live, uh, which is like really supporting the yeah. case of podcasting. So I mm-hmm. might do an yeah. episode about that in my podcast about podcasting. But that aside, they talked very highly of Marvel's TV series, multiple series, mm-hmm. and Once Upon a Time, because they did say these, they basically said these help further the Disney brand hmm. or Disney brands. And yeah. it is kind of merchandising. Yeah. Well, interestingly, Marvel, a lot of Marvel shows are Netflix only. Yeah. They're Netflix originals. They're not family friendly. Well, they, but, and they're yeah. not Disney for, I mean, you know, in the sense of, oh, this is a Disney production. Nope. Well, there's Agents of <laughs> but, S.H.I.E.L.D., which was yes. renewed. And then there's this new that one's a little more spinoff family. that uh, Inhumans. That's coming. Oh, yeah. I just, as well. Yeah, you mentioned that. It's uh, like eight episodes, though. Yeah. Yeah, which short is, run series. I, which is the first I'm hearing about it. That's very interesting. So um, I, I I don't think so much Lucy might be Moana because if I remember correctly now in, in such small scenes, I think that when we first see Lucy, Henry comes in and calls her Lucy when he wakes her up. He might have. So that makes me think she has no alternate personality. And she may not even be Henry's biological daughter. Once Upon a Time has been hugely supportive of adoption, which is Mm -hmm. one of the most beautiful things we have in life today. To say, it's this is what's so beautiful about adoption. It's basically saying, I know you are not bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. I did not give you life. But I am choosing to love you, and I am choosing to make you a member of my family mm-hmm. to give you all the same love I get. I would give to someone who is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. Mm-hmm. Um, not bone of my bone, but that, that was Eve. Sorry. I, I was mixing things up there. But at <laughs> least say. of my blood. <laughs> That's the thing. Um, so adoption is absolutely beautiful in, in its expression of love and everything. And Once Upon a Time is hugely supportive of adoption because Henry, you know, adopted and other characters that adoption metaphor plays out in different ways. So it could be really cool yeah. that Henry, an adopted child, pays it forward and adopts another child too. And that happens many times. I don't know the actual statistic, but I've seen many times People who have been adopted grow up and adopt others. Mm-hmm. It's happened mm-hmm. in my own family. That's cool. That uh, mm-hmm. someone who was adopted in my family grew up to then adopt someone else. Mm-hmm. And so mo- one of the most beautiful pictures of family and love and such. So maybe Lucy is adopted. So Henry doesn't have some splaining to do after all. And we don't have to do all this theorization about who her mother is. Well, I mean, we will still want to know who her mother is. But if she's adopted, I think then that, we even have to theorize who's her father. Honestly, I don't think she's adopted. <laughs> I think that would be a cool story, but I don't think she is. We'll see. Really? Could be, I mean, I, well, I mean, it could work either way. Because it's still, if they adopted her together, then still her mother. Yeah, yeah, true. Now, there's one other thing we want to discuss, but because it is starting to get a little bit into spoiler territory, mm-hmm. we'll push this near the end. And I want to remind you, we've got upcoming format change. Uh, Once Upon a Time, of course, is not on the air anymore. So yeah. summer hiatus, 
all of that, please stay connected with us on Twitter at Once Podcast. And you can also like us on Facebook and such. Go to the website, oncepodcast.com. That's where you can subscribe to the podcast, participate in the forums, follow us on all those social networks, and much more. That's all at oncepodcast.com. Now, this is mostly a spoiler warning as a courtesy to people, I would say, who are listening and watching the show together after, like maybe years after it aired. Because at this point, you you have to be really trying hard not to know these spoilers, especially since we talked about them at the end of our initial reaction podcast. Yeah, unless <laughs> unless you skipped that part too. Yeah, unless so, you skipped that yeah. part. This is One about casting. This is not <laughs> plot points because we don't really know plot points, or we certainly. But the the news that everyone seems to know is about who is leaving the show, and the reason why we consider these things spoilers is I like what Kathy Gribble said. Now, Kathy joined us at our finale party. So she said, first off, I'm so glad I had the opportunity to meet you guys in Cincinnati for the season finale. I've been a listener for a long time, and it was nice to put faces with names. I just have something I need to get off my chest. Mm -hmm. I'm normally very spoiler cautious when it comes to Once Upon a Time, and I realized why last week. Mm -hmm. My personal experience of watching the finale was totally ruined by the knowledge that Emma was not returning. I just kept waiting for her to get killed because I figured it was inevitable. There was no suspense for me whatsoever. It really, really took the joy out of watching a great episode. I also knew they had been renewed for season seven, but knowing that Emma wasn't coming back, I was sure it would have to be some kind of reboot. Mm-hmm. My question is this. Why would the actors slash showrunners, etc., announce departures before a finale that is less than one week away? Is it excruciatingly ill timing or am I being difficult because more than half of the cast is gone at this point? I would love to hear your thoughts and look forward to hearing you in the future. This is why we count any news about future episodes as a spoiler because it it can confirm or deny certain things. You know, to say so-and-so is leaving the show, that tells us, oh, okay, that person is either being killed, moved to Forgotten Character Island, or getting their happy ever after. And depending on how the storyline is going, we can know what these things are. There's a great sketch by Studio C. They're a clean comedy, uh, family-friendly sketch group um, from uh, uh, Salt Lake City. And they have this great sketch that is basically how I feel about spoilers, where a guy walks into a lunchroom and someone says, oh, it was a great episode last night. And then he just goes on this big, long rant about how horrible that was and that spoiled everything about the episode because of people's emotions about the episode. (laughs) And that's what it can be like for spoilers. And so that's the thing is like you say so-and-so is cast or so-and-so is leaving the show. That can reveal plot points. Mm -hmm. That's why we're so conservative about the spoiler policy. Yeah. So that said, in case you haven't heard, leaving the show, the characters leaving the show and the actors who play these characters, Emma, David, Snow, um, uh, Henry, Zelina, the, the only characters, yeah, Belle, the only characters we know are staying are... The actors we know are yeah, staying. The, well, <laughs> the, the, yeah, the actors, because we don't know necessarily how their characters will be right. part of this, but uh, Colin O'Donoghue, who plays Hook... Lana Priya, who plays Regina, and Robert Carlyle, who plays Rumpelstiltskin. Yep. So, on the one hand, no, for me, normally I would agree, but for me, knowing how many people were leaving, I realized that this is basically the end of the story we've been covering for yeah. six seasons. And so that helped me sort of prepare, <laughs> I guess, for <laughs> for what 
the importance of the night was. And and it actually because I don't think that they take risks very often with casting. For me, it add for it added suspense because they could have killed anybody, whereas normally they wouldn't. They didn't even kill the book. Yeah. So <laughs> it you know, when like when Charming wouldn't wake up at first, I thought they might actually kill him. The original idea I remember hearing was to kill him in the pilot. Yeah. They could have easily, I mean, it wouldn't have been a very hopeful thing, and they finally circled back around to hope. So it wouldn't have made much sense. But there were all kinds of bad outcomes that I could foresee for this episode, thinking, how can Hook be in it without Emma? And, have, and how can we be happy with how, whatever the result of that is? Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, so we don't know what's coming or how they're still going to be involved in the show, but a time jump helps with a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah. And Tracy Miller said, I just rewatched the episodes, and this time I cried. It's okay. We won't judge. (laughs) It finally hit me that this was the last time all the characters would be together and that their happy beginning, even as beautiful as the ending was, did not end well. The enchanted forest in upheaval in Henry in Seattle without his family does not bode well for how things transpired. Of course, this is what season seven will be about, figuring out what happened and getting everyone to believe. The only way to have Hook without Emma, because Hook is apparently going to stay on the show while Emma won't be, and Rumple without Belle, is that they don't know who they are. Somehow, another curse was cast, and that's what we'll find out who and why. Maybe it was Hook, and he sacrificed Emma to cast it, and that's her final scene. I'm sure it was for a good reason, like trying to save each other, but it went badly somehow. Whoever the mayor is will be a key to the puzzle, right? It could be something bad like that, or it could simply be, this is years later, mm-hmm. and they've, they're just on having their happy beginning and yeah. they're somewhere else. Henry has decided to move out and start his own little spinoff show. He's all grown up now. <laughs> so we don't have to have these other characters involved in the show anymore since it's separated by so many years. And that's where it's almost worse knowing who is a series regular. Yeah. Because you're like, well, okay, these people are going to be in it on a week to week basis somehow. So is it one tight, cohesive story where, they somehow explain away the fact that, you know, like they're here, but their significant others are back home and they're good. And and that's where more of the, that fuels the wish realm theories because all those people are or were there without affecting our main cast. So there's a rumple there. There was, there was a Regina there yeah. and there was a very sorry version of Hook there. And I don't even know how they'd reconcile having that be the hook that's in it, like, on a weekly basis. But, Mm -hmm. you know, all that would take is a wave of a wand. (laughs) Or a throwaway line about, I've been taking care of myself. I I stopped drinking so much rum. Right. Gareth said, this was a solid finale. It would have been an excellent series finale. I wish it had been. I wonder if there has ever been a letter writing campaign requesting a show be canceled. I blame ABC for most of my biggest complaints about the show and the writers for going along with them. So many times the integrity of the show and its most beautiful moments have been undermined by what I can only interpret as corporate meddling. Well, Scarlet was a popular character on Wonderland, so they brought him to once proper for no obvious plot reason and in so doing undermined the ending of Wonderland. Killing off Neil to advance the more popular relationship between Emma and Hook was another decision that really undermined the integrity of the big picture story. 
the list goes on. So I guess my biggest fear regarding season seven is similar to what Aaron said in our initial reactions. This season and show ended well, and there is a real risk that whatever they do next will totally ruin it. I think the time jump is a good idea, but sadly, I fear it means we will never get answers to some of the big unanswered questions of the series, Will and Anastasia, Lily, and so on. I try to forget that Will was ever there, because that way he can just stay in Wonderland in my memory, and that's all fine. Bringing him was a mistake, and I think they just swept it under the rug, because nobody wanted that. I... Yeah, hopefully they don't, they went to so much trouble to set things up. I hope that they don't sort of retroactively mess things up. I know they're capable of it, but I'm believing that they'll do okay. And and the feeling I get is that this new story, uh, similar to the second half of season three, (laughs) this new story will take place mostly in close timing with each other, as well as um, part of season four was this way too. Or, I'm sorry, season five. Oh, yeah. Hence our lack of proper aging for Henry. Right. (laughs) Um, So, like, when you look at Lucy in the time of great upheaval and in Seattle, she's about the same age. Or she is the same age. Uh, Same thing with Henry, too. So maybe it's one of those things like he's forgotten what has happened and they're telling these stories that are very close in time with each other and thus significantly separated from the rest of Once Upon a Time stories. And so it means they can do all new things. Right. We don't have to worry about retcon because their past mm-hmm. is our future. So everything that to Ooh. them could be a flashback we have yet to even see happen. Yeah. So the characters could go in any direction. Like, um, for example, Shreya said maybe Emma and Charming uh, and the Charmings go missing. And part of season seven will be the search for Bobby Fisher or the search for Emma and the Charmings. Well, they've all said the, the problem there is the time gap because they'd have to be somehow, well, they wouldn't have to be. Everybody in the show is the same age. All they have to do is put them in some kind of a place where time moves differently and they're fine. Or extra makeup. Except then it's awkward because then Henry <laughs> ends up the same age as his parents too. And That's where the makeup comes in. <laughs> but anyway, they, they have ways around some of those things. There's makeup or plot. But everybody pretty much, as far as I know, has said that they'll come back as needed, if needed, so, which is awesome, by the way, of yeah. the characters. I mean, like yeah. Jennifer Morrison in her post on Facebook just highly praised the show and said things like it was one of the most exciting, mm-hmm. exhilarating, whatever. She had nothing but good things to say. She simply wants to move on. Just like for us, I want to move on and do other podcast yeah. things, but I am committed <laughs> to this show. So it's not going to be like I'll, I'm saying goodbye to the podcast mm-hmm. and I'll pop in here and there. Um, although that may happen with some of our co hosts. We don't know yet. But anyway, that aside. Um, so that the characters are still willing to support the show, the mm-hmm. actors are still willing to support the show, is awesome. I love that. Yeah. And, and I mean, yeah. there are people who are never main cast members who are beloved members of the cast. Cora comes to mind. It's not like Barbara Hershey was a main recurring every week cast member, but her character made a mark on the show just appearing a few times. And enough times that she became one of my favorite villains. Right. And that I loved it, and I would cheer every time she would show up in an episode. Yeah. So we might see some of these people again. It's just, 
I, so I do have some of those latent fears. I don't want them to mess up the ending that they gave us <laughs> in later seasons by bringing people back and doing weird things with them, like Balefire. <laughs> so yeah. the, the main question really is... Where do we go from here? <laughs> Where do we go from Battle's done, and we kind of won, so we sound our victory cheer. Where do we go from here? Where do we go from here? Well, we'll find out in probably September when Once Upon a Time returns. Probably. So we've got a lot of stuff. <laughs> Again, to theorize, that's exciting. The podcast format will be changing. That's kind of exciting. We'll bring you the review of the Season 6 DVDs and unboxing, all of that stuff as we normally do. So stay subscribed. We will tell you. And yes, we will actually tell you when we are finished with this podcast. And we will continue the podcast through to the end of the show. Maybe Noodle Baby will be hosting the podcast with me someday if the show continues on that long. But we hope you'll stay subscribed and continue joining us and send us your thoughts and theories. All of our contact information is on the website at oncepodcast.com. In the meantime, please connect with us on Twitter at oncepodcast. And you can also follow each of us individually. I'm Daniel J. Lewis on Twitter at the Daniel J. Lewis. I'm Jeremy Laughlin on Twitter at Fleegon. That's P-H-L-E-G-O-N. And I'm Heather Ordover on Twitter as at Mama O. This podcast would not be possible without our great team behind us. So special thanks to Jack for writing our show notes, John Buchanan for editing our episodes, Hunter Hathaway and Jacqueline for providing our spoilers. And hey, guess what? There aren't any spoilers to share tonight. They've done such an (laughs) awesome job with the past season. I might go back and listen to those spoilers to see some of the awesomeness that they've shared. And they've said that they'll continue to help us in the next upcoming season as well. Also, thanks to Jacqueline and Matthew Paul for moderating the forums, Keb for masterminding our timeline, and thanks to my fellow co-hosts, Jeremy, Aaron, Heather, Hunter, and Jacqueline for hosting this podcast with me. We've got a long hiatus ahead of us. We have new things coming in once upon a time. So I leave you with this. Are you ready for a new adventure? And thanks for listening. Once Podcast is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Big thanks to our heroes for supporting the podcast. We really could not do this without you. Now, if you have not yet gotten to be a hero or you'd like to change your hero ship, then please go to oncepodcast.com slash hero. And thank you for your support. That song I played, by the way, is from the musical episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Love it. So you can check that out. It's called Once More with Feeling.